The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. everybody welcome to the pick six podcast cbs sports daily nfl podcast i'm will brinson i'm your host excited because it's thursday that means thursday night football that means some fantasy talk to get you ready for week 11 we are heading into the stretch run this these next two weeks you're either you're probably either in or you're out in terms of the playoffs i mean you might already be set up um maybe maybe you're maybe you're four and six and you're trying to trying to make a run it's not too late all you gotta do is listen to this show and you'll probably make the playoffs um, that is a non-binding agreement, unless Heath Cummings and Bryant McFadden have some incredible information you can provide. Do you have that information, Heath? Oh, yeah, of course, all kinds of information. And we can't forget about our dynasty players out there. I think we need to spend a good portion of the show today on the dynasty value of Le'Veon Bell. I, uh, did we, did we, did we chat about that? Did we already talk about that? Cause I, I actually texted, um, did Jamie tell you about this? I texted Jamie. I was like, you need to spend, the entire hour on fantasy football today talking about the late, the Le'Veon Bell dynasty trade value and how he's not worth what some people think he's worth. Uh, I, we've both been negotiating with the same guy trying to acquire him in the same league. And Jamie did also tell me about that. And so, um, yeah, like but the Twitter poll that I did asking what his value was, that came out a little bit too low. I kind of knew that it would come out a little too low. Sure. I did it on purpose so I could try to use that as a negotiating tool. Um, it didn't work, no. but yeah, I think he's probably worth a, a, a late first round pick, but that's just about it. Not, not a mid first and more. No, hell no, not more. If I knew I was getting the 10th, 11th, 12th, or maybe 11th, 12th, 13th, or 14th pick, like knew I was getting it, like I know I'm in the semifinals with a chance to get to win the title in that league, I would probably do it. But then third and fourth in that league are only worth 50 bucks. Like you get your entry fee back. Second's only worth a hundred bucks. So is it really worth sacrificing Le'Veon Bell? What do you think about Le'Veon Bell, BMAC? Man, you know, I love Le'Veon as a player, but right now we're not seeing the, the Le'Veon Bell that we've seen in years past. And it's not because of him. His team's just so bad. Yeah. Hey, what do you think That's about, what, what do you think about the, uh, the fact that Christopher Johnson, the Jets owner came out on Wednesday and said that no matter what happens the rest of the season, it being not even week 11 yet, that Adam Gase is safe for next year. Do you think that's good or bad for the team? Uh, I think it's both. I think it's good and bad. I think it's good because now you're giving Adam Gase the reassurance that he will be there, right? And now potentially he could start to get ready for next season as far as a get offensive game plan to help develop Sam Darnold. Um, but it's bad because I don't think he's deserving of remaining there in New York. But you don't want to have a new head coach every year. I mean, it's, I don't know, Will or Heath, if you guys have ever seen a situation with the organization where they fire two coaches back to back. Uh, the, the 49ers did it with, um, Jim Tom Sula and Chip Kelly recently. But, uh, uh, typically speaking, it has been like you never, you rarely see like, Back, like, back to back one and done or whatever. Well, I guess yeah. they weren't one and done because they did 
balls and then gays. Yeah, I mean, so like you see it like Steve Wilkes is one and done, but like it is, it's really like it would be really awkward to have a back to back coaching search when you have this, you know, you fire this GM. The whole thing's dysfunctional. But yes, I agree. It is a, it is a yeah. rare instance. It would be a, it would be, it'd be embarrassing for them if they did it. I agree. Gase is an offensive head coach who at one point people thought may have had something to do with Peyton Manning being mm. good in Denver, which is kind of like, <laughs> he's been a head coach for four years. His offenses have ranked 24th, 29th, 30th, and 32nd <laughs> in yards produced by the offense. Think about this. Think about this, guys, and Jets fans that are listening to us. Are we really surprised to see the Jets struggle? Because in what employment field do w- someone get fired? Someone gets fired and get a promotion. Good point. He got more think power. It, he got more power. Yeah, he moved to New York. He got more power. Think about it. So he got fired because he was he was not doing a good enough job to remain the head coach, not for the New England Patriots, not for the Green Bay Packers, but he wasn't doing a good job to be the head coach for Miami. And he basically got a promotion within the division. And the thing is, for the Jets, you played against Adam Gates twice last year. Exactly. You saw it. Like, you know you know that he's not good at this. Like, what are you doing? I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. All right, so let's get to – Let's give it some fantasy chatter too. Uh, down by the way, download, subscribe, rate, leave a five star review. Everyone who's done it in recent weeks, really appreciate it. If you like the podcast, do it because, uh, I love, first of all, they're hilarious. The reviews that we get from people. Somebody asked me, somebody was like, how is this guy chipper eight days a week? He must be on drugs. I like the podcast, so I don't mind. Um, nobody's going to confirm or deny that. I mean, I'm not pumping myself full of PDs as far as you know. I mean, if, if you're taking performance-enhancing drugs and it's working and the podcast is better because of it, then I think people should just be happy about it. Yeah, and I think you should keep doing it, Will, so just sacrifice your blood for all of us. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. I didn't even know what kind of drugs he was talking about. Like, is he talking about, like, you know, like like recreational drugs? Or is he just talking about, like, just straight mainlining HGH? Or like, I'm just, HGH. Yeah, just well, rubbing. clearly it was. It would be something to benefit, like you can benefit from, like maybe your vocal chords would sound nice, or I don't know. But keep doing what you're doing, Will. <laughs> I will. I plan to. I think maybe people should just like tweet you with the mo- like the top three most likely drugs that you're on during the show. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I guess it depends on you know when we record, but sure. Um, the uh, so let's talk about late season and what you do in week eleven um, because. I tend to think, like, I was doing waivers on Tuesday night for a bunch of leagues, um, and we had, uh, you know, very, you have various instances of players who, who were available, you know, whether it be Brian Hill of the Atlanta Falcons, or even a guy like Will Fuller. I, I was surprised at how many leagues I was in that Will Fuller was available, considering, you know, his big week, Heath. Um, are you, if you're a team that's like four and six, and you need to make up, you know, two games, are you, or you throwing, I mean, the, you're throwing the kitchen sink out the next couple of weeks, right? Like you pull out every, like drop whoever you need. Like you're not holding on to Matthew Stafford, hoping he comes back and can be your quarterback in week 15 at this point. You got to maximize your roster to get the most, like the highest possible ceiling each week, right? Yeah. And I think that's probably, this is the most interesting time of the year because in most leagues, you probably only have two or three teams that are definitely out of it. Maybe four, but like most everybody's still in it. And you've got a couple of teams in every league that pretty much already clinched the playoffs and have a pretty good lead on one of the top two seeds. And so these teams have 
competing interests. Yes, if I'm four and six, I'm spending everything to get Brian Hill, um, or at least enough to make sure I spend more than everyone else. Right. And I'm also like I made a trade in one of the leagues where I'm not doing very well, our, our FFT league, and made several offers on the opposite side of this. But I traded Aaron Jones, Golden Tate, and T.Y. Hilton for Cooper Cup, Devin Singletary, and John Brown. And it was like a massive trade. And I can make the argument that I think the three guys I acquired are going to be better rest of season than the three guys I traded away. But in terms of act, like perceived value, I gave up, gave up more than I received. But... Aaron but Jones is on a bye. Guys, well, none of the three guys that I traded away are playing this week. Right. I can't lose again. Yeah. So I think that, like, that's a good trade to make from either side. I'm trying to extend my season. Dave Richards making his team better, he hopes, for the fantasy playoffs. It's a win-win. Yeah. You and I are both, uh, there are three teams in that league. You, me, and Adam Azer, who are four and six. Um, and we have, are there, is it four or six teams that make the playoffs in that league? Six teams make the playoffs. Basically, I, I have little doubt if you win out, if I win out, if Adam wins out, we're going to be tied for the sixth seed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a chance to get in, but yeah. we, there's no more losing. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, exactly. Um, and by the way, this is the league where I robbed Azer and got Saquon Barkley. I have Saquon Barkley and Zeke Elliott on the same, and Mar- like on the same team, and I'm four and six. Have his players been better than yours? I, I think so. I think so. He won that trade. He, yeah. Who did I give him? Who was the running back I gave him? Um, Joe Mixon. Yeah, Joe and Mixon's been better than Barkley, hadn't he? And I think you gave him Will Fuller, maybe? He gave me Will Fuller. I gave him uh, Stephon Diggs. <laughs> yep, and Diggs has been awesome ever since. Yep. yep. We both stink. We're and both four and six. So You, you probably know. wouldn't be four and six if you hadn't made that trade. Nope. Uh, yep, I agree. <laughs> sure wouldn't. I'd be uh, probably in the playoffs. But, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's a great point. Like, you don't – like, your whole, if you're sitting at four and six – and the playoff teams are five, four, and the playoff is a five and five playoff team. You can't, if you got Aaron Jones, I mean, it's great to have Aaron Jones. He's probably going to be awesome the rest of the season, but if he's not playing this week, you need to make as many moves as you can to make sure you get him or get, to get somebody. If your trade deadlines this week, if it's going to on Sunday, you got to consider or, or next before next week's games, you got to consider your week 12 buys as well. Yeah, for sure. Like you can't, you can't, uh, handle bye weeks anymore if you're four and six. You're 100% correct. And the other thing too, like, let's say you're a team that got, uh, you know, you're, you're fighting for your playoff life and you've got Hunter Henry or anybody on the Chargers. Uh, good, bad news. They have a, uh, they have a, they have a week 12 bye coming. There's a lot of guys out there. I mean, Hunter Henry, you know, Melvin Gordon, Phillip Rivers, Keenan Allen. Um, those, you know, those are guys that you need to, be thinking, looking at for replacements in, in week 12. Kill. Travis, Kelsey. Kill. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, the Chiefs are week 12 too, right? Cause yeah. they're all, cause they're going to Mexico and then they get the week off. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, like if you're, if you have a, if you have, if you're fighting for your life in the playoffs, you need to A, make sure you got your, go ahead and get yourself covered now for week 12. If there's somebody out there that might have a good matchup in week 12, rather than wait for waivers after this week. And if you need to make a deal, knowing that your trade deadline's coming up, then you should, uh, go ahead and make that deal. Be careful with that. Um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go out and hire the right people. Basically, for your fantasy team, it can be a slow process. And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. Cafe Altura COO Dylan Miskowitz 
needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants, so he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. What a great job, director of coffee. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our personalized web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash pick, ZipRecruiter.com slash P-I-C-K, ZipRecruiter.com slash pick. Go there. Get it for free. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I mean, boom. I love ZipRecruiter. The PEDs are working today. PEDs are working. That transition and that read. I love the idea of being the director of coffee at an organic coffee company, by the way. Like, I'm just a huge coffee fan. I like the smell of coffee. I like the smell of freshly ground beans. I would be like messing around with like the different styles. That sounds like a good job. I like that job. Yeah, the read's over, Will. I'm not kidding. I just I, every time I every time I do the read, I'm like, man, I wish Dylan had called me. I'd be his director of coffee. You think I you think, <laughs> you think I'd be a director of coffee and a uh, an NFL writer on the side? Probably not. Who uh, <laughs> who I talked about this a little bit with Azer, um, Adam Azer on the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Chris Towers and I appear on Monday, um, looking at guys to stash for a few weeks from now. One guy that, uh, and, you know, one team actually that really stands out, and they're probably, you can get them off waivers right now because they're, you know, they're on the bye. The New York Giants. Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton. What do you think? Very good schedule in the playoffs. Yep. And I do, like, if I knew for sure that Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard weren't playing again this year, I'd be a little, I'd be more interested in Slayton. I think he's going to be a boomer bust flex most weeks. But, yeah, Jones could absolutely be a starting quarterback. There are some guys, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, who have just miserable schedules upcoming. And I'd probably start Jones over both of them most weeks. What do you think, BMAC? Would you go Daniel Jones? So Daniel Jones has the, I think, the Dolphins and the Redskins in the playoffs. I'm just doing that off the top of my head. Whereas uh, Dak Prescott in the playoffs has the uh, Bears, Rams, and Eagles. And before that, he has the Patriots and the Bills. Would you well, roll? right right now, answering that question, that, yeah, Daniel Jones would have the uh, the favorable matchup um, during playoff time. Now, it also, you know, you, you got to do it, you know, wait and see exactly which team is in rhythm as well, because sure. um, by that time, I mean, the Giants could be getting ready for the getting ready for off season, True. right? True. So th- there's a good chance that Saquon Barkley may not be in uniform. I mean, why risk Saquon when you don't have anything to play for? Uh, Sterling Shepard, uh, who, who's to say some of the veteran players would even be active around that time. So you have to really take that into consideration because me personally, I believe my fantasy views is based on realistic views. If the Dallas Cowboys have a lot at stake and they have a lot to play for, I tend to side with the team that has something to play for for then the team that has nothing to play for because me playing against some teams when I played for the Steelers and using the Cleveland Browns as an example – we were getting 14 or 15. They was checked out. Their their feet was already in the parking lot. I mean, before you know, it was like 27-0 at halftime. So you have to really take those things in consideration. But, yes, the favorable matchup clearly is in Daniel Jones' side. Mm. 
Um, anybody else that stands out to you, Heath, in terms of uh, somebody that you would like to have down the stretch? I picked up Nick Foles yeah. in a lot of leagues. He has a fantastic schedule down the stretch. I am pretty interested in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I, I'm still trying to acquire Ronald Jones, hoping that people think that that fumble cost him his job because I really don't think that it did. Mm. Uh, um, I think that's it. Man, I hate fantasy football sometimes. I feel, like I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm right on the edge of every single playoff race. It's kind of thrilling, but it's kind of depressing. The best. What do you mean? No, nah, I mean, it's fun, but like I'm, it's like I'm, like I'm on the back edge. That's the problem. Like I'm, what's depressing is when the teams start falling off and you realize, yeah. okay, I've got four left. I've got three left. Oh, I've only got two left. Yeah. Cause it, like the worst thing for someone like you or me that plays in a lot of leagues is to have a year where you win one championship maybe. Oh, and it's, it's the league where it was like a $10 entry fee. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's literally what happened to me last year. I, no, I, I take it back. I won one good. I won one big league. I won two. Maybe I won two or three leagues, but like one was the ten dollar June magazine league. Yeah. I made the playoffs in like ten out of fourteen leagues, and then yeah. made the finals in like four, and then won two or so. You know, it was just something where you're thinking, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm having a, <laughs> we're having a big old Christmas time this year. Yeah, but for me, it's like it's like that's six months of my life. Yeah, seven months of my life. And it just all ended in disappointment. Yeah. So uh, hopefully that's not what happens this year. Thursday night football. A lot of players involved here. Um, what, BMAC, by the way, you feeling the Steelers playoff run? I am. I am. Especially if they can take care of their business tonight. I, I, I mean, yeah, Thursday night. Good job. I'm feeling yeah. it because their defense is playing top tier, right? Yeah. Hey, they're playing so, top tier. Sort of walk. And walk people through what you're seeing from this defense too, because like I, the, the Steelers are like sort of available in a bunch of fantasy leagues, and I am, and from a betting perspective, I'm just curious what you think about Thursday night. But like, what what has changed since Minka Fitzpatrick came over? Are they just are they more just more physical. They suddenly have help on the back end. What what are you seeing from them? The back end, I think the chemistry is there, but the front before acquiring for Fitzpatrick. Watt and Bud Dupree has been playing the best in his professional career this season. They have really done a phenomenal job in collapsing the pocket and putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And also, remember too, guys, we're forgetting this team was a this defense was a very very opportunistic defense led by Devin Bush Jr. Remember, he had a few highlights and and big time turnovers and getting into the end zone. And then when you add Mika to the fold. Now they have all three levels clicking. So, yeah, I, I, I love this defense. And looking at their matchups, guys, as far as potential, you know, inserting them into your lineup if they're available, which I highly doubt, they have the Browns Thursday. Mm-hmm. Then they have Cincy. Then they have Cleveland again. Then they, had, they have Arizona, Buffalo, the Jets, and the Ravens. Mm-hmm. They're the best. Now, they're the defense to grab right now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No doubt. Um, Heath, are you – so – I thought that the Browns would beat the Bills because uh, I mentioned this at some point in 90 different platforms last week, but the Bills give up a ton of explosive runs, and Nick Chubb is the most explosive runner in football right now. And they use Kareem Hunt a bunch out there as a fullback, and it only helped Nick Chubb. 113 of his 116 yards came while Kareem Hunt was out there. The Bra- the, the Steelers, conversely, have only allowed, since they got Minka Fitzpatrick, Three runs of 20 yards or more. And one of them was to Paris Campbell on an end around. Uh, it, I guess Marlon Mack had one and then Todd Gurley somehow had one, uh, last week. Are you concerned at all about playing Nick Chubb or are you interested at all in playing Kareem Hunt on Thursday night? 
I don't really want to play Kareem Hunt, but I do like what the Browns are doing offensively. Since their bye in Week 7, over half of their targets have gone to two players, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. You look at Week 10, 12 targets for Beckham, 10 for Landry, 9 for Kareem Hunt, 4 for Nick Chubb, 3 for the entire rest of the team. They are getting the ball to their playmakers. They've gone more consolidated. We love that for fantasy, and I think for them right now it's the right choice. We talked about it last week with that line against Buffalo. A lot of the money seemed to be coming in on Buffalo, Mm -hmm. and the line kept moving more towards Cleveland. You look at it now, Cleveland's a three-point favorite in this game. I think the Browns win. I think the Browns are getting ready to go on a run. Their schedule, Pittsburgh's schedule is very good as well, but they get Miami next week, and they face Pittsburgh again. Then they get the Bengals. I think we're going to be looking at like a 500 Browns team in the next month. And I expect it's partially because the offense gets going a little bit more. I'm starting Chubb. I'm starting Beckham. I'm probably starting Jarvis Landry. Wow. Mm. Any kid, what do you think, B-Mac? Are you, are you, <laughs> he mm. doesn't like it. I mean, aside well, from being disappointed in Heath in general. I mean, what, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I am. But, you know, we have to see exactly what happens during the game, but I do agree with Heath as the schedule in favor of the Browns. Uh, I, I was surprised they lost to Denver. I thought Denver would be the week for them to turn everything around as far as winning and also to big time fantasy production. Yes, they have struggled offensively, but the one player that has not struggled has been Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb has really been a go getter. I was a bit disappointed that he did not get into the end zone last week. Nine opportunities inside the three and if because of that i lost one of my fantasy leagues because he did not give me that touchdown that he was supposed to get and the concern that i have with nick chubb production is not because of him as an individual it's because of the scheme and the play the play calls that that's something that i have i have issues with but outside of that i mean i can't say anything negative about nick chubb he's been one of the bright one of the more bright spots on that team when it comes to fantasy yeah. Um, what about the Steelers? Any chance you're – I mean, I think – do you trust Juju this week a little bit more maybe than last week? James Washington uh, kind of got going. Uh, I'm still waiting for Juju to give me that Juju-ish like moment. And yeah. I and I think it's more so because of the quarterback. I'm, I'm hearing, guys, a little fantasy insight. Um, James Conner will be a game-time decision. Oh, okay. So you really have to monitor – exactly what they're saying right before kickoff because Pittsburgh might not say if he's going to play or not until the last second to release the inactive list. Mm. Well, they had talked. It sounded like he was trending towards yes, but it, yeah, but you're saying it's, it's not. I, quite... I got wrote. Yeah. I got wrote today that they're saying it will be a game time decision. Now a lot can, can change between now and game time. Yeah. But the issue is if you're stuck with James Conner in your lineup in a Thursday night matchup and last second, he's not playing. Now you got to really scramble, and hopefully you already got a guy in place to replace him if he's not able to play. That's good info. Yeah, the, the problem I have with Juju is hitting the exact opposite of what I just talked about with the Cleveland Browns. You look at last week, seven targets for James Washington, Jalen Samuels, Vance McDonald, six for Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. He's just not getting treated like a number one wide receiver. In fact, I feel worse about him with Washington emerging because now there's three receivers and the tight end and now Connor and Samuels probably as well. It, I, I'm not, I'm not starting Juju. Heath, how much of that, of the lack of opportunities for Juju was more so 
because of who was on him and Jalen Ramsey or just that chemistry is not quite there yet between Juju and Mason Rudolph? What do you think? I don't know because he's got one game since week three with more than seven targets. It's just teams have taken him away, but also Mason Rudolph is not looking like usually we get young quarterbacks and they find a security blanket. They latch onto that guy and gets a lot of targets that that's not happening with him. Um, couple of no, couple of notes really quick. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. We had the injury reports from Wednesday. Again, we want to, uh, James Conner was full practice Wednesday, which is good, but look, BMAC obviously knows people with the Steelers. So when he says he's game time, trust him with the game time. Um, Joe Hayden popped up in the injury report with an illness and did not practice on Wednesday and was listed as questionable. That would be a big deal, uh, in terms yes. of starting your Browns. Um, still very good defense, but still you would, you want to see it. Marquise Pouncey was back to full practice. Um, not injury related. Well, I don't know what he was missing for on Tuesday, but he's back at full practice. And then, uh, for the, for the, uh, for the Browns, Landry's good to go. It looks like, and I think, uh, um, oh gosh, uh, uh, Greedy Williams is going to be back at full speed now too, right? So I think that, you know, the Browns defense should be fine in terms of everybody playing. Am I missing something? I believe that's correct. And they played better last week too. They did. The Bills aren't very think, good. No. And then they went with a strategy last week that I think could work this week. Just put everybody in the box and see if the quarterback can beat you. Yeah. I think that's probably right. Um, and Mason Rudolph hadn't threatened vertically at all. He hadn't looked, no. he hadn't looked good. He's not scary. So, um, okay. I, so, oh yes, quick questions and then we'll get, um, we can get, uh, let's see. Derek Carr. Are you buying or selling Derek Carr? I'm buying this matchup against the Bengals. They are dreadful. And I think Carr is going to have a, a very good day. Top five quarterback. Top five quarterback? Mm. Five quarterback this week. Mm. You think the Raiders are good, BMAC? Yes. Yes, and they're they're real good at home. They are really they're, good at home. They're really good at home. And, and and you know what, Heath, I'm glad you're saying that about Derek Carr because I was going to ask you guys a question. In one of my leagues, I have Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford as my quarterbacks. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, they're on the bye. Matthew Stafford, not knowing exactly how healthy his back is. What other quarterback options should I consider? Well, Carr's not available in very many leagues, but if he was available in your league, he'd be my first priority. Um, but there's really three other guys. Jacoby Brissett, full participant in practice on Wednesday. He's on track to start, and as long as he starts, I, I like him as a, a decent option against Jacksonville. He's been very good at home this season. I'm pretty good with Nick Foles in that same game. I believe in the scheme and the talent around him. I think he's good enough put up a, a top 12 day. And then Kyle Allen would be the third guy. Just a fantastic matchup against a bad defense that didn't didn't prove enough to me last week. What yeah. are you guys hearing about Matthew Stafford? What what is his status? I don't think he will play this week. I don't think there's much chance he's playing at all. I would if I had to guess, I would tell you that he doesn't play again this season. Wow. That would that would be I would bet I bet he doesn't play for at least three weeks minimum. It's a back injury. They're not making the playoffs. You can't trot him back out there. Like he's not going anywhere. You need him to be healthy this offseason. He had to play with a broken rib or broken bone in his back last year. This is it would be it would be pretty aggressive to play him. Um 
Josh Allen's a good option too against Miami, even though he hadn't been very, very good the past few weeks. Uh, if he's available out there, uh, I think I picked up, you know, Nick Foles, you mentioned. If you've got, if you want to really gamble on it and you need a quarterback, if somebody, if, you know, somebody out there needs a quarterback for a sort of a stretch run, Baker Mayfield obviously has the Steelers twice in three weeks, which is not great, but he's got Miami sandwiched between that, Cincinnati, Arizona. Um, pretty good matchups there as well. So you could, and Baker Mayfield widely available at this point. I wouldn't mess with Mitchell Trubisky or Mason Rudolph. I got excited because I saw that, um, you know, Sam Darnold's not a terrible option. <laughs> well, I guess it's Washington. Let's, let's clarify. Sam Darnold is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so far, like he is a terrible, like, it's possible that Washington makes him good, but they've not been bad defensively lately, right? They've been better. So control the clock with the run. So my waiver process is on Tuesday night I put a bunch of waivers in. And then on Wednesday morning my wife has to take my son early to school because she teaches on Wednesday. So uh, I, I usually go to sleep in the guest room so they don't wake me up. And then I, I lie in bed while they're getting ready for school and I make early morning waiver moves um, because I'm a horrible person. And um, and I picked up Sam Darnold and I was like, whoa, I'd much, much rather have Kyle Allen this week by like a long shot, I think. Right? Mm. Kyle Allen and Sam Darnold, 100% yes. Yes. Kyle Allen's got a much better matchup. Um, now it's outdoors. By the way, Matt Ryan's, this is the first Falcons, the first, first game outdoors for the Falcons this season. And it's so cold there that you've got a, a I'm a wearing, oh my God, it is going to be freezing on, on Saturday. Freezing. Like we're like, there's like three people out of our 20 person group who are going to the NC State game. That's how cold, like we're a bunch of washed old clowns. It's, it's pathetic. Now, I'm one of the people going because, you know, I'm a dedicated person. But uh, it's going to be like 40 degrees and raining. Charlotte's supposed to be a little bit warmer on Sunday and sunny. So it shouldn't be too bad. But I don't think Matt Ryan will enjoy it. So, yeah, take you know, take warning there. I think they run Brian Hill a bunch in that game. Yeah, yeah I think so, too. Um, you do anything with the uh, Lions running backs, Heath? I added J.D. McKissick in a couple of leagues. I think he's their best running back. I don't know that he could handle 20 touches in a week without getting hurt. But I'd like to see them give it a shot and see. Um, Cowboys give up a lot of receptions to running backs, and that's the best part of McKissick's game. He's a high-end flex for me this week. Hmm. Um, do you buy or sell O.J. Howard being viable once again, BMAC, now that he's finally caught a touchdown pass? Oh, he, he has something there. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it depends on the situation that you're currently in at the tight end spot, right, on your team. I mean, seeing O.J., catch a touchdown last week he's alive he's been reincarnated because he's he was a shell of himself up until that point and he's been dropped from so many teams and i'm willing to bet he is available in your league but if you're in a city like let's say you know you you might have evan ingram on a bye or something like that you're in dire need of finding a, a replacement for your tight end position uh I, give him a give him a shot I, one thing about the pat uh the, the buccaneers they're throwing the football Jameis has become a mm-hmm. volume quarterback. They're throwing the football, but I mean, they, they got the Saints at home. So the, the thing about the Buccaneers and the Saints, this will be their what, uh, second meeting against, uh, against the Saints. And the, the first meeting was at New Orleans, but they put up 24 points. So they have, they have found a way to score points against the Saints defense in, in years past. And they were able to do so early in the year. So I, I'll give them a shot. Hmm. He's back under consideration. 
Like, <laughs> I was shocked that he played so much. I think he was only out for one snap in that game. And he got the targets, and he produced. And so I am hopeful that will happen again. But listen, fool me ten times, perform mm. once. I'm not just going to buy all the way back in. So I, cautiously optimistic. Yeah, but like I said, if you have no other option, you, you got a bunch of guys on a buy, and you have no other job, yeah, just roll the dice and close your eyes and hopefully you hit seven. Would you rather have Greg Olson or O.J. Howard Olsen. this week? Olsen. 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 Okay. Olsen. <laughs> Nobody really wants to play O.J. Howard. Um, no. Gerald Everett or O.J. Howard? Gerald Everett. Okay. Everett. <laughs> Noah Fant or O.J. Howard? Whew, probably Fant, right? Oh, my goodness. I'm going with Noah Fant. He is uh, Noah Fant, actually, good number. Since the Emmanuel Sanders trade, 25% of the targets have gone to Noah Fant. Wow. And it looks, yeah. I mean, look, Cleveland did a pathetic job of covering him. Uh, I mean, it was horrible in week nine, but, you know, four targets, three catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Not a bad day. So maybe he, I mean, maybe there's an impetus. Go throw it to the, the rookie, uh, the rookie tight end. Uh, let's see. Go to some Facebook questions. Let's do some Facebook questions. Remember, you can go to facebook.com and search for pick six podcast. There's a private group in there. Everybody jumps in throughout the week at various points in time and answers your questions. Um, you just apply to join, and we'll get you answered. If you leave a question for fantasy and you leave it before Wednesday, uh, like Wednesday morning or Wednesday noon, whatever, you know, sometime on Wednesday, um, we will try to answer it on this podcast. Matthew Manduhano says, Monday night I pulled a Heath. Uh-oh. My opponent had Robbie Gold in his starting lineup on Sunday, and after the slate, I saw there was only one kicker available, McLaughlin. My kicker already played, but I snatched him up anyway in the last hope to win by blocking him. He still had Coleman, and I had 49ers DST, and he was up already. Come the end of the night, I won by three points. Did I do the right thing? Everyone was hating on, hating on me for it. I just told them that I pulled a Heath, and no one got it. <laughs> Listen, people might say that like, we're not going to win your league for you, but we just won this week for this guy. Great job, Matthew. That That is a no-brainer move. That's not even like – I don't know who – so I, it was on Sunday. So it was like after the Sunday games, like this is this guy's fault. This guy had Robbie Gold in his starting lineup on Sunday night. You go pick the guy up, like that's on you, bro. If you don't if you don't make the move and he's – like that's fine. That's a one-kicker pickup where you're blocking a guy. Get out of here, please. That's a smart move. <laughs> Uh, BMAC, non P, this is from Rodrigo Munez, non PPR pick two from Terry McLaurin, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, well, one of them's Chris Godwin, come on, uh, and Tyrell Williams, or pick three and bench Damian Williams. I don't think Ooh. you bench Damian Williams right now. Yeah, Godwin is definitely a number one. Yeah. And, whew, you got some nice matchups, but I, I think, uh, Tyrell Williams. Mm. Against Cincinnati, mm. before before last week, he scored a touchdown in every ball game that he yeah. played in, and 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 we talked about Derek Carr potentially being a hot name on the market because of the matchup. I think Tyrell Williams could be a huge play this week. What do you think, Heath? Would you go with Cup Chris, and Godwin for me? You would start Cup against the Bears. Yeah, I mean, I got to tell you, the Rams' offensive line stinks. Yeah, it does. But you know who else has stunk the last month? Khalil Mack, don't tell anybody. He's been terrible. <laughs> he's getting double teamed. Hey. Akeem Hicks went out and he's disappeared. He's eight well, pressures since, since week five. 
he means a lot to that defense. He means a lot. Who, Akeem Hicks? Yes, yeah. yes, he's the anchor. I mean, when you got when you got Akeem and Eddie Goldman, whew, they're yeah. unstoppable. But clearly, not having him in the lineup, he's really shown his showing how much he means to the team without any without playing. Actually, I think of those. I think of those guys. Like I'm really interested in Terry McLaurin because. The Jets' pass defense is terrible. I know Dwayne Haskins is not good, and Bill Callahan loves to run the ball, but the Jets' pass defense is horrible. It's garbage. Yes, be back. Yeah, one thing I was going to tell you guys about Cooper Cup. Remember, Cooper Cup didn't have a reception until like the third or fourth quarter last no, he, week he, against he, he didn't have Steelers. One. He didn't have one. Oh, he didn't have one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. the game plan for the Rams was to double Cooper Cup on every third down attempt. Oh, you mean for the Steelers' game plan for the Steelers? Oh. Yes. And, and now, seeing because they can't run the football, I, it's a copycat league. I wouldn't be surprised to see this week's uh, ball club, they, Chicago, that is, do the same thing because Cooper Cup. If you didn't know anybody, you, th- you thought he was on the sideline. Yeah, interesting. I didn't. That that's they they go back and watch the highlights. Yeah. Of course, you know me talking to a few people. They felt like he was the most valuable player on the Rams' offense. That's it. No, he is. He is the most valuable player on the Rams' offense. I mean, and that's and he's the chain mover too because he gets out and open. So in other words, do they do they just bring a? I guess they probably brought just a safety down. And, yeah, they went to to yeah. like a dime package, nickel package, and what happened was they were playing what we call fifty-one, fifty-seven coverage, where everybody's in man-to-man. So initially, your low hole player, which could be a low a a low free player, a guy that would rob anything inside related from the outside pass catchers, he would he was designated to go straight to Cooper Cup. So the guy mm. that was playing bump and run on Cooper Cup, he knew that he would have help inside. So he was playing outside leverage, but they disguised it from like a two-shell look, and Jared Goff didn't recognize it until the last minute. And Cooper Cup is his number one target, number one go-to guy. So that's why he guy. was getting sacked on third down, because he yes. was looking at Cup, thinking he's going to get open, and all of a sudden a guy comes flying in on the oh, as Cup's running on exactly. the inside route. Oh, exactly. man, that's good stuff. And that's also why late in the game, in like the second half of the game, all they did was throw to Robert Woods on the outside. Exactly, uh, because it was one-on-one yeah. out there, yeah. those guys. Uh-huh. But the Rams didn't realize that until the second half because, like I said, the disguise concept was so well played that by the time they adjust, I mean, Pittsburgh was already off and running. Interesting. So uh, Keith Butler having a good year, right? He was getting yeah. he was getting flack for, for – uh, yes. I mean, he was, he was under fire. He was, but now oh, how, how times have changed, right? Indeed they have. Uh, man, I'm gonna now I'm gonna go back and watch that 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 uh the third downs of that game. Adrian Peterson or Joe Mixon? He Timothy Timothy Sean Jr. wants to know. This is Mixon for me pretty easily. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the split's going to be with Peterson and Darius Geis. I mean, the last time Geis was fully healthy, Peterson was a healthy scratch. So I I would expect that would be a split now because I think that uh, Callahan likes Peterson, but I don't think he gets the full workload. The Jets have actually been good against the run somehow. Very, like, the best so number, in terms of number, yards per carry allowed. Yeah, number one in yards per carry, number two in DVOA. So take that for what it's worth. Also, the over-under on this game um, may be down to 36.5. It's maybe 38.5. Whatever the case may be, it's under 40. And as I've mentioned on this podcast, Bill Callahan, there's only three games this season that have been under two hours and 45 minutes in terms of playing time. All three of them since Bill Callahan took over the Redskins, uh, they've been well, Redskins games. So... Yeah, and those like those three games, Jimmy Garoppolo six fantasy points, Kirk Cousins eleven fantasy points, yep. Josh Allen nineteen fantasy points because he ran for a touchdown. 
Right. And exactly. And so basically Bill Callahan is neutering the fantasy value of the team he's playing against by virtue of shortening the game, shortening the number of plays, running the ball a ton. And, and these games are going under. I mean, the Redskins have scored, uh, I think 24 points in three weeks. That's not very good. It's bad. It's bad. Uh, Sal Zambrano wants to know, BMAC, he needs two running backs. Joe Mixon, Jordan Howard, David Montgomery, or Matt Breida. So Mixon's Ooh, against the Joe Rays. Joe Mixon. Yeah. And who else you said? Yeah, I think Mixon's a lock there. Montgomery's against the Rams on Sunday night. Jordan Howard gets the Patriots, and Matt Breida gets the Cardinals. But I don't think Matt Breida is going to play. Not Breida, yeah. I, I, I like uh, Montgomery. Mm. I, I think they're starting to f- find out that he is the featured guy. Now, we remember going to the season, the expectations for Montgomery were extremely high. You know what I mean? If I, and I think he can be the featured guy, and I think they they know with Trubisky, he has to have a reliable running game to rely on for him to be successful. And I like this matchup against the Rams' defense, uh, rush defense. Hmm. Um, any consideration for Howard against the Patriots, Heath? Yeah, I, I think I'd actually prefer Howard if it was completely non-PPR over Mixon. Okay. Um, but I'd, I'd go oh. with Mixon and Montgomery and PPR. Okay. Uh, and then last one, Robert Thomas wants to know, quarterback street, streaming quarterbacks, six points per passing touchdown. Would you roll with Kyle Allen or Carson Wentz? That's a really interesting question. I have them back to back in my rankings and Kyle Allen is ahead of Carson Wentz. I wouldn't want to start any quarterback who doesn't win with his legs like Lamar Jackson does, and there's only one of those quarterbacks uh, against the New England Patriots defense, personally. Right. Yeah. Uh, BMAC, you agree? Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz Kyle Allen? Mm, yeah. I, this is a much-needed uh, much win, or a game ball game for the uh, Eagles, and a young a young quarterback. Uh, we, we I like Kyle Allen. I think he's been fighting, but I got to go with the money, and the money is on Carson Wentz. Mm, all right. I gotta go to money. This is, they gotta win, they gotta win this ball game. It's, it, this is a, if, if Carson Wentz goes out and lays an egg against the Patriots, and that's entirely possible, it's not, it's not a bad thing. But if he does that and like Nick Foles lights up the Colts and looks really good, there'll be some, oh, I see Devo. Devo's like, don't do this. Don't do this. This is what will happen. Like Philadelphia fans will freak out. They will, Devo, won't they? Only if people like you say it. I'm just telling you what they're going to do. They're going to be like, oh, my God, our guy Foles is doing great. Like, should we trade? Joe doesn't like the Nick Foles is better than Carson Wentz people. I don't <laughs> mind it. I, we, we've done some statistical analysis in the past, not this year, but last year of, of their career performance. And, and I think Nick Foles might have an edge. I, tell I you, appreciate him for what he done, but we're, we're in the present right this now. Is where, this is where you say we're on to Carson. You can't look back to the glory days of Nick Foles. Um, (laughs) Isn't there a statue in Philadelphia for Nick Foles of the Philly special? Yes. How do you think that makes Carson Wentz feel? Like, what if, like, he showed up to work every day and there's a statue of Jamie sitting in the middle of, like, the (laughs) Philly? Probably comfortable with it because ever since his injury, he's kind of been a statue in the pocket. Ooh. I got to get the break, right, Will? Mic drop. <laughs> we do. We do have to get a break. All right, we got to get a break. We'll come back. Heath and I'll do some DFS and talk some uh, daily fantasy. B Mac, great stuff, yes, everybody. Always a pleasure. We'll uh, yes, sir. Talk to you next week. All right. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. 
The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Time for some DFS chatter. Surprised, shocked to see. I actually am surprised that Heath, you do not have your top quarterback is Derek Carr. It's not Derek Carr. It's Deshaun Watson. It is Deshaun Watson. I, for me, there's a pretty big difference, not in terms of value, but in terms of total projected points for Jackson, Lamar Jackson and John Watson versus everyone else. And there's enough of a price difference between Jackson and Watson that I prefer Watson. Carr would be um, right up there with them if we're just looking at it from a value perspective. But I, again, and I don't know, I don't have DraftKings pricing in front of me. But on FanDuel, there's only $900 difference between Derek Carr and Deshaun Watson. That's not enough to warrant downgrading to Derek Carr, especially when it's very, very likely that this could be a Josh Jacobs game. Oh yeah, there's a, there's a possibility. I mean, there's a like an eighty percent possibility that's a Josh. So like, I have two theories on this. I read about this in my picks um, for Wednesday. But uh, the one, I think John Gruden would very, very much like to um, have Josh Jacobs win the Offensive Rookie of the Year award because he was taken with the first Khalil Mack pick, and if he wins that, if he wins that award. And the Raiders end up with a higher pick or a lower pick than the Rams. I mean, than the, than the Bears. People are going to be like, "Gruden won the trade. We're sorry. We bashed you for a year, and we're sorry you won the trade." Um, so I think that that could potentially influence um, him feeding uh, Josh Jacobs. And by the way, there is a oh seven hundred dollar difference between Deshaun Watson and Derek Carr in draft games. Derek Carr was priced like he's playing the Bengals. He really was. <laughs> he really was. Uh, Nick Falls and Gardner Minshew, fun fact, only $100 difference on DraftKings. It's not really fun, but, uh, your contrarian play at quarterback. Yeah, it is, um, Matt Ryan. Hmm. I don't think his ownership is going to be very high this week, and I do like his opportunity. I, like, they're going to run the ball a lot with Brian Hill, but they're going to have to wing it around a little bit too once they're down a couple scores. I don't buy that their defense is good just because of one performance against New Orleans. I think the Panthers put up some points, and uh, Ryan chases the score in the uh, second half. Okay. Uh, I don't mind that. Matt Ryan's been great when he's been healthy. Uh, would you, 
are you is Matt Ryan a top five or top ten fantasy quarterback this week? He is definitely a top ten quarterback. I don't believe he's quite type five. Okay. The uh the Panthers have been really weird because they're great against the pass, and it's because of their defensive line that gets pressure on opposing quarterbacks. But the way that that defensive line rushes is like counterintuitive. It, it, like it, it, they're <coughs> excuse me, that came out of nowhere. Uh, the way that they rush, they create giant lanes for for running backs. It's very bizarre. Um, it's yeah. I don't think it's a great plan. No, it's not. They're the worst team besides the Bengals against the run. Uh, maybe, maybe worse than the Bills. Your top running back play, my guy, my man, Dalvin Cook. They finally priced Christian McCaffrey high enough. What's he uh, at? He's, uh, 10, 5, 10, 6. 10, 5 on DraftKings. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like there's, there's a, there's a difference between McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook, but it, it's not that big of a difference. And so. $1,600 difference? I no, I don't. Well, nineteen hundred even on Fanduel. He's at eighty six hundred on Fanduel. So yeah, I'll probably just play him as the uh, high priced option and then pair him up with Brian Hill. I would. Um, Brian Hill's gonna be earned in like seventy percent of leagues. Yeah, and I'm so, just not gonna fight it. Yeah, not against Carolina. The one thing I would be worried about with Dalvin, and I know that the counterpoint here will be that, like the Alexander Madison factor. But like, if Dalvin gets, to, if it gets to the point where they need Madison, that means Dalvin did enough where. He probably earned yep. you back, yeah. Um, top contrarian play, Mr. Singletary. People seemed really upset over his usage last week and like, well, I guess the Bills didn't learn anything. He still had more carries than Frank Gore. They just didn't run the football enough. And he still averaged right. better than five yards per carry, and he still got seven targets in the game, and now he's facing the Dolphins. And I'm really hopeful that people are going to play Dalvin Cook and Brian Hill and then not think about Singletary. I'll put Singletary into the flex with those two. Um, just a on Hill, so like, do you think this is a case where you just eat the chalk, right? You just, I mean, I'm just eating the chalk. Yes, okay. just gobbling up chalk left and right. All like, you got nine different positions. Yeah, you can eat chalk at one position. You can eat it at two. You can eat it at three. You should probably eat it at four most weeks. And then if you pick five guys that most people aren't playing, and those five guys are good. The chalk's going to taste just fine. That's right. And plus, like, if then the chalk tastes lovely. Plus, like, chalk's a lot easier to eat when it's 3500 or whatever Brian Hill costs, right? Right. Yeah. Um, wide receiver play. Top DJ – DJ Moore is your top wide receiver play. You were expecting someone a little bit higher priced. I was. He should be a little bit higher priced. He's got, like, 40 targets in his last four games. He's averaging eight, eight targets a game or something, and he's – been an efficient wide receiver his first two years in the NFL. He's just this weird thing where he scored three freaking touchdowns mm. on 150 targets despite great production. And some of that's his usage, but it's also he's got some regression coming. Even the thing I love about him is priced at 5,500 on FanDuel, 59 on DraftKings. I think he can be a good play on both sides without the touchdown regression hitting. But he's playing a bad bing, Falcons defense. <laughs> That has allowed a ton of yards after catch two wide receivers. That's possibly DJ Moore's greatest skill yeah, is what sure. he can do after the catch. And so there's the possibility of this eight catch, 150 yard, two touchdown game that is more likely than it seems based on his production this season. Five games with 10 plus targets. Um, they also, they'll use him in the running game too. So you could always break one off. And I, I do think that like what we saw from the Falcons defensively was a one game aberration. I mean, they've been bad all season long. You're going to tell me that they're just going to magically, like, buck up and get good for the stretch run with Dan Quinn? As, um, who, somebody, maybe it was Ryan Wilson said it, but it's like, if, 
like if they do that, it's more of a reason to fire Dan Quinn. Like, why can't you do that in week one, bro? Like, what's going on? Uh, maybe it's Raheem Morris who stepped up. Your top contrarian play, John Brown. Really all in on the bills here, huh? He's turning into Tyler Boyd for me, where I, I'm just going to bet that John Brown's eventually going to have not that much different than DJ Moore, except Moore's had better yardage the last couple of weeks. But he gets a ton of targets every week. He turns in 13 fantasy points every week, and I'm just absolutely certain there is a 25-point week in his future. Uh, okay. I like it. He's due. He's due. <laughs> Josh Allen's got to hit a deep ball at some point in the near future. Well, maybe John Brown could just take a, a shorter pass and break a tackle. Um, yeah, that'd be fine too. Top tight end play, Darren Waller. Why not? He's the number one receiver on that team. He is the number one wide receiver. I I don't like the trend in his targets recently, but I think again it's the Bengals. They're going to score thirty plus points. He'll probably score one of the touchdowns. And more importantly, Hunter Henry and Travis Kelsey are not on the main slate because they're playing in Mexico. Oh, you're right. So that means you got to hmm. All right, your top uh, contrarian, Noah Fant. I like it. Mentioned him earlier in the show. Yeah. I think it's a little under the radar. It seems like he just had one really big play uh, a couple weeks ago. But he actually, again, 25% of the team's targets since Sanders was traded. I think there's a chance that he's just a starting tight end moving forward. And there's also a good chance that a lot of people play O.J. Howard at a cheap price, too, I bet. Like he'll be, I, he'll be yeah. a disappointing chalk is what he'll be. You, you very like I would assume it's basically Waller, Andrews, and Ertz are the only three good tight ends on the main slate. Yeah, so they will probably have fifty percent of the ownership between the three of them. All right. Um, anything else from DFS, or you want to talk about some beer? Uh, I had some really good beer this week. Oh, good to hear. Uh, by the way, I'm wearing currently wearing a toboggan in my office as I record this podcast because I don't. It's not quite like I, I'm not up here long enough on this afternoon to turn on my, my fireplace over here. So, you know, I'll just sit here and be cold. Plus I like wearing toboggans. Um, I know that you don't believe it, that such a thing exists. It's starting to be stout season. Well, for me, it's always stout season, I know, I know. but I am glad that you are uh, coming around. One of the two fantastic beers that I had, and it, these were sent to me by a listener. I, I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if I didn't ask him if I could say his name, but thank you. You know, who you first are, name? um, Microphone okay. brewing. A microphone Chicago brewing. Okay. Microphone. Mike am I like the name Mike uh-huh. phone brewing. Imperial smells like bean spirit double maple stout. Mm. My wife made breakfast for dinner that night. And I said, Well, I think I'll have the double maple stout with Hell yeah. it was phenomenal. Eleven percent. Um, it's just like coffee and chocolate and maple syrup. God, it's the best. Which, was- you know what? It actually reminds me. So on Friday, we sent my son went to my in-laws and my wife was supposed to go to Winston-Salem for her 20th year class reunion. Long, very, very long story. I got out of going. Um, and I was, and she was going to go on Friday. I was going to go to the game on Saturday. Yada, yada. She ends up staying on Friday. I was like, why don't we like watch a movie? I was like, we'll crack a, a really nice beer. And I had a, a, a bomber of Canadian uh, breakfast stout from Ooh. Founders. And so we cracked it. She'd never had it. I was like, this is like, you got to, because, and it's actually Canadian breakfast stout just came back through North Carolina. Uh, it's in the four packs now from Founders. Um, it's supposed to be the last one they're going to make for like a couple of years, I heard. So if you see CBS, buy it. 
I will go to Florida and there will probably be like four cases just sitting out on a pallet. It's insane. Uh, nobody in Florida drinks stouts, but, but, uh, but I mean, suffice to say CBS, quite delicious. And my wife was floored by it. Outstanding. Outstanding. And then the second one that I had, Poetic Hustler, Ooh. also from Microphone Brewing. It was an imperial double IPA that had a taste that was a little bit unique. I'm going to mispronounce this, but the hops were Nelson Salvin, S-A-U-V-I-N hops. Okay. I've heard and Nelson. Fantastic. Microphone brewing, craft beer inspired by music. Just checking out their page. Man. Maybe we need to go to um maybe we should all take a uh I like I like what they got going on. Yeah. Wow. And that, that's like right next to I think that could just be the next step mm-hmm. after Bell's. Like so, Bell's is only like an hour and a half from Chicago. Listen to this beer that they have on their on their on tap, currently in their tasting room. Um, the, the top one is a shake it fast with bearded Irish brewing from Minneapolis. Bearded Irish is ridiculous. If you haven't had their stuff, uh, a Portillo's cake shake inspired Imperial chocolate cake shake stout with chocolate, vanilla, chocolate cake, condensed milk and milk sugar. 10.1%. That sounds just lovely. I'm telling you, Columbus founders, Chicago bells, Chicago. Chicago. To Chicago, as everyone knows. Who knows where we go from there? I think we just let the, let the world tell right. us. Right. Topeka, Kansas. Here we come. In the Midwest, as, as, uh, as everyone should know. How did you end up in an argument about what is the Midwest? Uh, someone had posted a Twitter poll asking if Kansas was in the Midwest. Uh, Aaron Nagler, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 40% of the people responding had said no. Well, that's stupid because it's Kansas obviously in the Midwest. In the Midwest. Like, it is the it is the Midwest. The Midwest grows out of Kansas, uh, but a lot of people seem to think that like Ohio and and Pittsburgh are the heart of the Midwest. Um, by the way, this I'm just looking at this tap list. I could get down with this <laughs> microphone for a while. They have the poetic hustler on here. They also have a um, a uh, strawberry feels forever imperial milk stout with vanilla, cocoa powder, cocoa nibs, and strawberries. Sleepless Nights at the Chateau, Imperial Stout with Peanut Butter and Strawberry. Hello. Um, barrel, a- barrel Age Press Play with Voodoo Brewery, Imperial Rye Stout, Age in Four Roses Bourbon Barrels with Cocoa Nibs, Hazelnut, and Vanilla, and an Imperial Smells Like Basic Spirit Pumpkin Spiced, which is like a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, I think from what I understand, like their famous great beer is the Smells Like Bean Spirit. And they've got like 72 different variations of that beer. Gotcha. They all sound delightful. Oh, so it uh, smells like bean spirit. Yes. Ah, okay. And I, I believe that has a thing, something to do with coffee. Right. Assuming, presumably it's a, um, oh my goodness. Yeah. A 93% um, on beer advocate, an American Imperial stout with Vermont maple syrup and super Sumatra coffee from tugboat coffee roasters. Yeah, they were every beer that I tried from them was over four two five on Untapped. Wow, okay, with like thousand votes. So like <laughs> these are serious. Um, and then I, I had one of the uh, the Cosmic Crush sours from uh, Brewdog, our friends Overwork Brewdogs. Those yeah. I'm not generally a sour guy. Those were very good. Those were some of the best sours I've had. Yeah, they were fantastic. Uh, when State played Wake Forest the week before, I went over to my buddy Garrett's house. He's big into sours and took. 
the two cosmic crushes over there and we drank them during that game. Six percent, so you're not like you know you're not fighting and, and not very sour. So you're getting a nice ABV. You're not getting blitz creed with with the the lip puckering stuff. Yeah, very good, very good, very good beers. Um, all right, Heath. Good talk. It was fun. Yeah, man. Talk to you soon. Later.